Welcome to Thrive with Trevor Huffman Podcast. Trevor will be sharing 20 years of his NBA, NCAA, and overseas basketball playing, training, and coaching experience to help basketball athletes, parents, and humans find their athletic edge and thrive. Thrive is a deep dive into the lives, routines, habits, and minds of the world's best mental performance coaches, leadership professors, pro basketball athletes, NBA and WNBA skill trainers, and thought-leading sports psychologists. Let Trevor help you find the edges of your comfort zone so you can thrive. Hey, Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Thrive with Trevor Huffman. Be sure to check out these other coaching-focused podcasts on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, The Green Light, and Courtside Culture, plus our NBA-focused podcasts, Nuck If You Buck, 305 Culture, Spanning the Spurs, Hashtag Lakers, Motor City Hoops, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, Cavalier Central, LA Hoops, The Wizards Hoops Analyst, At The Buzzer, and Lakers Fast Break. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads Podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hey, hoopheads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com slash team pricing to learn more that's a r y s e dot com hey what's up everybody this is the thrive podcast today i got a special guest fletcher mcgee from woford also i'm pretty sure you didn't say record holder in threes i was doing my research like 10, 15 minutes before, finally, you know, figured out. <laughs> Wills was telling me about you, so I had to check your stats, see if your stats were better than mine in college, which they were. And, uh, you know, I played in the MAC, so we played obviously better defense in the Mid-American Conference than uh, <laughs> SoCon. Just kidding. Anyway, man, welcome to the show. Why don't you just tell people who you are, kind of what you're doing right now, and just give us a little background on you. Oh, yeah, so I'm Fletcher McGee. Um, I grew up in Orlando, Florida. I uh, went up to Wofford, which is in South Carolina, you know, small school in the Southern Conference. Um, I played there for four years. We made it to the tournament my senior year and won our first game against Seton Hall and then lost to Kentucky. Um, and so right now I'm playing basketball in Europe. Uh, I went to Spain last year and then now I'm in Montenegro. So um, this is my second year and, um, you know, I just love basketball. Um, just kind of seeing, you know, where the journey takes me. Nice. Uh, Wills, how did you, how did you first hear about Fletcher, man? And first of all, Wills, where are you sitting right now? Why did a dude just walk behind you? No, no, that, that's my roommate. He, he just came from, uh, one of his basketball workouts. Um, oh, 
Yeah, no, I'm sitting in my room right now with my palm tree in the back. You know how the cows go. <laughs> <Living but>. life, <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. That Florida vibe right there. Hey, that's what I'm saying. There you go. Go Gators. Um, <laughs> no, so I'm Wills Lee. I'm 22 years old, and I played at a small school in Michigan. And one of Fletcher's teammates, Storm Murphy, I've trained with him through I Am Possible before in Michigan. And I just kind of liked how he played and everything, and he was – one of the best players that I've played against. And I just kind of followed him. Play? Where did Storm play? Who's he's he played he's at Wofford from, too. Oh, he played at Wofford. What position yeah. was he pretty good? Fletcher? Like Oh, Storm. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, Storm was really good. He um so he came in my I was a junior when he was a freshman. Um he came in and had a decent year. Um and then my sophomore year, he was really big for us. Just really solid um, point guard, really good decision maker. Nice. And then this year was his senior year, and he actually was first team all conference for SoCon. And he's taking the COVID year um, and going to Virginia Tech to play for wow. the coach that coached us at Wofford, um, who left my senior year. So Storm didn't have him the past two years, but now he's going to Virginia Tech to coach him again. I don't understand this stuff. I don't understand how you can be have another year of basketball. I mean, I understand it, but like, what about <laughs> yeah, all the crazy. all the incoming freshmen are screwed? I mean, I know they... the recruiting; it's completely gonna mess everyone up. Yeah, like I barely got a scholarship. What? What? I would not have got. I'm out. Like I'd be out if I was a senior this year in high school. Like yeah. nobody's nobody had offered me anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> no, I had to walk tough. on essentially and then earn my way to the oh. you know to the top. Like Will yeah, exactly. No, it's big time. So, well, cool, man. Yeah, if and if you need to go, Fletcher, just let me know. But the okay. um, we, we you know we talk a lot about kind of just basketball stuff, training, and you know I read up a little bit on you, and it just seems like one, you your 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 work ethic, kind of like your drive to be the best shooter in the in the country was you know one of those things that kind of came out really quickly in the articles mm-hmm. that I read. What, was that something that you, you – your vision for yourself – because you weren't a good shooter at one point. It turns out you, like, you shot with two hands. You weren't a great shooter. And then a, a shooting coach kind of started working with you in high school. Is that right? Kind of take me through yeah. your first um, – Yeah. So, I mean, I was like every kid. Like, I played basketball growing up, so, like, I wasn't ever a horrible shooter. But, like, I didn't have good form and, like, I didn't really um, know exactly how to shoot the ball. But – my in between my eighth grade year and my freshman year, um, Bo Buffton, who is still one of my friends to this day, he was um, he came in with his dad, who was the head coach that who became the head coach at my high school. He was the uh, assistant coach, and I think he just saw something in me. I told him, you know, how much I loved basketball, how much I wanted to get better, and um, he really helped me. Just you know, simple stuff with my shot, getting your right hand under the ball, you know, not shooting with two hands, which I shot it with two hands, you know, in eighth grade. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we, it was mainly just a ton of reps. Like that was like when the gun was like the greatest thing ever. So yeah. like we would get it just came out every summer <laughs> or every day in the summer. Um, you know, put up a ton of shots, and then that was kind of that summer. I kind of fell in love with basketball, and then I think it really just made me want to be as good as I could at basketball. Um, so I think, you know, that, that really helped me. And I actually went from not shooting many threes, like in eighth grade. So my freshman year, I played on varsity with a lot of other good players. Like I just, I kind of got wide open shots just being a little, the freshman on the team or whatever, but I shot 53% my freshman year, um, in high school. So that kind of, uh, from then on, I've just been a good shooter since then, I think. 
So you kind of been, you, you felt like right away, that was a, something that a skill that you, you had a natural strength in shooting, obviously, but uh-huh. I mean, a lot of the film that I saw, you know, you're, you're also, I, I, I mean, for, forgive me if I'm wrong here, but you play a lot like JJ Redick, but I think yeah. you're actually a little bit more creative off the dribble than JJ. Is that, is that a fair uh, comparison? Um, yeah, I think, um, yeah, I think I probably shoot more off the dribble and um, maybe more like ISO or off ball screen and stuff. But yeah, um, I feel like I, I modeled my game like originally, you know, just like JJ trying to come off screens, um, you know, make tough shots over, um, you know, good defense, you know, moving to your right, moving to your left, off the dribble, step backs, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then, you know, like I think our like generation is – is more like, you know, dribbling ISO and like all that stuff. So I think like, I, I probably got a little bit of that from, you know, just being younger and kind of yeah. seeing all those guys. Yeah. If I had been born in your generation, Fletch, I would have scored 2,500 points at Kent State. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, for sure. I was only allowed to shoot two threes a game guys. And think about that. <laughs> like that's all yeah. they were like, yeah, nope, yeah. nope, bring it, slow it down, Trevor. Yeah. And I'm like, I watched the game now, now and I'm like, Oh, I would have averaged freaking 25 and 10 in this crap look yeah. at this you just kind of you just dribble off the court and pull it as soon as you get anything open <laughs> yeah, up. right over half court <laughs> yeah, yeah. we didn't use the entire shot clock it was a bad shot <laughs> yeah that was i remember those days yeah Here, so let me run for a second i'll be yeah. back in like one right, like one minute it. okay sorry what what did you get get it was a, so we have we have a curfew here and oh. it's like a paper that's because the coronavirus is still bad so we have like a paper that we need to be out after curfew and he was trying to hand it to me, but that's, yeah, I'm not, I couldn't that find sounds it. like uh that sounds like a scary situation. Like what happens if you don't have your curfew paper, you get put in jail or holding yeah, tank, Montenegro holding tank. Can we yeah, just yeah. follow you until you get, just go outside without that paper and we'll just kind of record what happens. As you get- <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. That'd make the show. <laughs> that would make the show. I mean, people don't understand. I think that's one thing. Like, you know, I'm from Northern Michigan, small town. Wills is from Michigan. You know, he know kind of our, our demographic is a lot of Northern Michiganers, M- Michiganders. So like, yeah, that, that, you know, when I lived, I, li- I played in Poland, Germany, France, Belgium, uh-huh. but I mean, you're pretty far over there, man. I want to know. East. Yeah, it's different. He said east. <laughs> east. The further east you get, man, the, the, crazy. the, the luxuries and the crazy and less luxury, more yeah. crazy. Tell me a fact. little bit about fact, right? Like it's I don't know. I've gotten hit with multiple items in games in Poland. Uh I mean, don't, you know, <laughs> I don't know. they don't care. They yeah, don't so batteries, toilet paper roll. I got hit in the face with a toilet paper roll on a fr- like while I was shooting. Wow. <laughs> I believe it. I definitely believe it. Um, yeah, that's something I just figured out exactly what you just said. Because um, I was in Spain last year, um, and it was not much different than America as far as, like, um, like the luxuries and just the way people acted and stuff. But here, yeah. like, they're a lot more aggressive, um, a lot more intense. Like, there's more um, pressure, I would say. Like, yeah. The people here, like, like a quick story. Like, I was just, I was actually like doing some agility, like in this field, and this guy was riding his bike like 50, 
75 yards away from me and this dude just gets out of his car knocks the dude off his bike and just starts beating him up for no reason i was like <laughs> like, like it was like a 50 it was like a 40 year old and like a 60 year old like i was like i've never seen what? something like this before that's insane i so i coached in belgium last year fletcher i was a i was a head uh-huh. coach and in, in the in the first division there kind of oh nice oh dude it was crazy and i had yeah. two montenegrins one Who? uh uh, uh, Vladimir Mihalovic, who's leading score in Belgium right now, and then uh, wow. Ivan Maras, who's a lefty. Play, he's played all over Champions League, and and okay, nice. You know, he, he's Montenegrin, two Montenegrin guys. So you ask your teammates about Ivan Maras and and, and okay. Vladimir. Yeah, yeah, I will. And uh, but those guys would fight all the time. Like they're the most. Their their mentality is like. I yeah. learned a lot from those guys just watching like their mentality in terms of like competing wills. Like it's insane, man. Like they yeah. don't mess yeah. around like every, I'm like, okay, well, we can't fight every practice. Like we can't fight every think, practice guys. Like we had some, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think like the older, the more aggressive and intense too. like the, like the younger generation of mm. people over here, I think are more chill than like the older people. Yeah. Cause listen, like, like, I got players, people throwing batteries at me and stuff. Listen, I got to be huh. ready for everything on the court. <laughs> you oh, know yeah. what I mean? To keep your heads <laughs> up at all times. But, Fletch, I, I, I got a question for you. So, a, a lot of our kids, like, like to see, like, what a day in the life is or what, like, a routine is of uh-huh. people. So, like, talk to me, like, like in, in college. So, like, in an aspiring college athlete, you played D1 at Wofford. What was, uh-huh. like, your off-season and your in-season, like, workout schedule because people always yeah. i get the question a lot yeah that's a good question. yeah so in season um during preseason i would usually just do like a little bit of um like uh work on my body in the morning and then okay. i would go to practice and then work out after practice work out after practice probably like third like 45 minutes or so of just you know mm-hmm. shooting stuff i need to work on and then um during like when we were playing games and stuff, I would go to the gym in the morning and really I would, I would do ball handling, um, shoot like 15 mid range, 25, three catch and shoot threes, and then shoot like a uh, transition, you know, off ball screen, off the dribble. Yeah. And then I would shoot like all the shots that we had plays for me. So like if the shot is for me running off of a wide pin down, I'd make, you know, five of those and then go to the mm-hmm. other side, same thing. Um, and so that kind of, I think that kind of helped me shoot a really good percentage of shooting tough shots. Um, because I just practiced the, those exact shots that, you know, I knew I was going to get and our coach had good place for me and, you know, my teammates would screen and pass and look. So it was just kind of a lot of repetition. And I think that, you know, kind of really helped me, um, put up the numbers that I did. Hey, basketball parents, coaches, and athletes. One of my favorite adapted quotes is, we do not rise to the level of our basketball goals, but rather we fall to the level of our basketball training system. Why do I say that? Well, I want to help all your basketball athletes, kids, or players figure out how to chase their basketball dreams in a smart, systematic way. So I'm offering my live online basketball training community today and get a free week of virtual home basketball workouts streamed into your garage, your living room, your basement, your driveway, and you get to work out with the pros. All right, we do this every week, and for the first time, your kids will have direct access 
to me, sports performance trainers, other pro coaches for as little as $25 a month. If you're interested, please visit trevorhuffman.com or text me, quote, Huffman Club with your full name at 810-771-8622. Again, that's 810-771-8622. Well, yeah, because a lot of the games that I see, like down the stretch, you you know, even the announcers know the ball's coming to you and you're coming off a double pin down and you elevate really high on your jumper. And, uh-huh. and with that, how do you create those situations? Because, I mean, you've hit some pretty big shots in games and stuff like that. So for like a kid that's working out, I mean, it's like, how, how do you prepare yourself for a situation like that? Yeah, I think um, a lot of it is just um, when you put the work in, sometimes it just happens. Like you've done it so many times and you've put the repetition in that, there's no need for you to be scared or there's no need for you to Mm -hmm. overthink it. Like, you know, that this is my time. I deserve to make this shot. You know, I'm going to step up to the, to the challenge or whatever it is. Um, Because I think some of it's a mentality, like this is what I do. Like I need, like, there's nothing special or there's nothing out of the ordinary. Like I'm just going to get the job done. I think that's part of it. But I think another part of it is putting the work in and having that drive and that focus um, in previous moments in the gym by yourself and all the, all those times can really help you, um, you know, when the lights are on and when it matters most. Yeah, and, for sure. In terms of reps, like what would you say you're getting up, uh, in terms of reps per day, shots per day, uh, like in the difference as a high school, college pro kind of take me through how many reps yeah. do you think you're getting kind of at uh-huh. game speed where you're really going, you know, all out or, or do you always train all out or like kind of, you know, kind of softer reps where you're just getting up shots, yeah. shots, less. Yeah. So stuff. yeah. In high school, I was huge on reps, especially when I was building my shot. I think reps are huge when it comes to building your form and getting, establishing a good base and all that. After that, I think, um, you want to add stuff. So like, all right, I got a great, you know, stationary shot. Um, I want, I need to, sorry. Um, sorry, my coach is texting me. Um, so you were, we were talking about shots. Yes. So um, in college, like, I think for me, I probably got up a hundred to one fifty um, every day. And a lot of that was like, I just said, like a lot of game shots that I know that are going to, um, I'm going to shoot in games as a pro. I think it might be even like less sometimes, you have to manage your body. Like, you know, like when you're traveling, flying, you know, in between different um, countries and you don't really have as much time to get up like all these shots when you're going from road to road to road. But that's when I think you really need to focus on just making sure your um, shot feels good. And then just shooting shots that you're going to do in games. Um, So like, just to summarize it, I think at first it's a lot of reps getting your shot down and then it's adding expanding can I shoot off move can I shoot off the dribble can I do all these things and then once you have all that it's a matter of like shot management like you just need to make sure that your shot's feeling good um you know in all the different kinds of shots were you would you say like 500 reps in high school a day was that like your goal thousand reps like um you have when a number I was that you want to hit in the summer I would shoot probably like a thousand um and then in the season 
uh, in high school, I would go to the gym before school and probably shoot like two, three hundred and then have practice. The gun? Probably You'd hit that gun? You'd go on the gun? Um, or I would go to the gun sometimes, but if I couldn't go to my school, I would go to the Y and stay with my mom. She nice. actually would um what? would get up and go at like five something. Mom, so I would go she rebound for you? No, nah, she would work out. Um, oh, she, would, no. she would do her workouts and stuff. I was going to say, I thought your mom was out there passing them. Like, it's nah. than the <laughs> I mean, she would, she's, uh, you know, she's super dedicated and everything, but she was, she was working on, on your mom draws too. the line at rebounding. That's great. <laughs> yeah. My mom would so, be throwing, throwing bad passes. So I would never let her pass to me. Sorry, mom. That's what I'm saying. So Fletch, so you're from Florida, right? So talk us through like your recruiting process a little bit. So you're from Florida. What made you go all the way to Wofford? I mean, what was the, the major contributor there? Because I mean, everybody's recruiting is different. And so uh-huh. what made you cho- choose Wofford and how did you, how was your recruiting process? So I chose Wofford um, because they, I could tell that they wanted me the most. They would write me like handwritten letters every day in the summer um, while, you know, some teams would just send me like mass mail and like um, I could tell that like Wofford was hitting me up. They wanted me to be their first. They wanted to be my first official visit. Um, so I could tell that I was a priority for them. And so that felt, that felt good. Um, the recruiting process, I actually, my first two offers were Kansas State and UCF when I was a sophomore, okay. in between sophomore and junior year. And um, I kept playing, I was playing on the UIBL with like a lot of really, really good players on my team. And so I think that exposure helped me. Um, and then after that, I didn't really get much high major attention. Um, one of my teammates, actually committed to Kansas state who was a shooting guard and then UCF kind of filled a lot of their spots. So I was pretty much focused on going to Wofford, Florida Gulf coast, maybe, or George Mason. Um, and then I visited Wofford. My first was my first official visit. I loved it. I loved the coaches. I loved the culture. Um, I love the players. Like it just felt like a special place. Um, as far as like team chemistry wise, um, as far as like just everyone on campus, and then they actually had a player of the year shooting guard that was there, their senior, his senior year, Carl Cochran. Um, sorry, when I was a senior in high school, he was a senior in college. So he was going to leave. Um, and so um, that I knew that I could go in there and play. And so I think that that was, um, you know, another major key. What, what was the culture there? Like, tell me about that. Why did you choose that culture and what was it? Yeah, so it was um, – I would just say it's – I think a lot of people say this, but, like, uh, it was a family culture in the way that every – like, when we – I was on official visits, so, like, we would be with the team, but, like, everybody would go hang out together. Everybody would go out together. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the recruits are trying to show everyone a good time and stuff. Yeah. Um, so we, we would all do all that stuff together. Um, as far as pickup, it was very constructive. Like, they had a great leader, Lee Skinner, who was – he was like showing me, all right, you got to be able to guard this 10 down right here. This is how you guard it. Like I was learning basketball stuff when we were playing pickup on the visit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like off the court, you could just tell that everyone was a good guy. Like nobody was really selfish and out for their own agendas. Like it seemed like everybody really clicked. Yeah. And um, I just felt like, wow, this is, I want to be a part of this culture. 
That's hey, awesome. sorry. I gotta, I gotta go pick up this paper. I feel bad. Yeah. No, so you're good. I'm sorry. I'm not and Montenegro and coaches are there. These guys are intense. I was going to say, man. <laughs> and we're back on the thrive podcast. Uh, Fletch has now left four times for his coach in Montenegro there. Who knows what's happening there in Montenegro. There's something <laughs> illegal happening, I think, but we'll just let it go. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. If you no, sir, anytime you got to go, I know how those Montenegrin coaches are. They're crazy. First of all, (laughs) I've had some crazy coaches in my life, and they were usually Serbian, Montenegrin, or Croatian. Yes, every single time. You do you guys run on the track a lot? Are you guys? Does your coach make you run, or are you guys pretty light? Um, no, we don't. We didn't do any conditioning on the track. We uh, we get after it in practice, though. Yeah. Um, fairly fairly intense especially at the beginning of the year we've kind of toned it down a little bit now yeah. but it's two practices every day almost every day are they live are they are both practices live no okay. well he's big on shots so that's a good thing so like yeah. we'll, we'll get a ton of shots in the morning maybe do like some ball screen work and stuff and then mm-hmm. we'll go live that night well, like a lot that. of your teammates will they follow you so like like the training and stuff that that you bring over from like like the united states and stuff Will you like? Will they follow you or like take some stuff from you from like from your workouts? Or are you yeah, doing a think, lot of the stuff that they do? Um, I think it's more that like I think we actually shoot so much in the mornings that like I don't do a ton of my own stuff. Like I'll kind of if the coach says, "All right, let's make or let's shoot twenty shots at each spot." Like instead of just shooting like a catch and shoot, I'll do like some dribble off screen, maybe some yep. move, stuff like that, just so I can get my kind of reps up, but. I think, you know, like the greatest thing with basketball is like you can take things from other people, other things, other people can take things from you. So like, you know, me and you know, a couple of my teammates have, you know, sh- shared moves. I've kind of picked up on some stuff that they're good at that I want to implement into my game. And I'm sure they've mm-hmm. you know done the same. So like I think what? that's one like, of the best things. Me, what's basketball. the best Montenegrin secret sauce that you're taking from them? <laughs> uh, one of my teammates, he has the uh, – the between cross between slow like low you to sleep between cross between cross and then boom hard between step back to the other side shot like a like a luca like a luca donatich yeah yeah yeah. like a luca so like right to left right to left and then boom jump side um i mean it's it's nothing that's like uh, a new move you've never seen before but something he's really good at i i learned the kind of like a a triple threat rocker from the sir the serbs and they they would like anytime they would catch the ball and a pick and roll would come let's say it's Uh it's coming on the uh, i'm on the right wing i would rock the ball and and refuse the screen and i swear to god every time to the right and i would refuse the screen and i would get you know, I'd probably get six points a game off this. And I, this wow. little unathletic yeah. Serbian guy got me with it so many yeah. times in practice. I was like, what is this? Like, you suck. Well, but he was, was so like unathletic. A, he was like a young like, Serbian kid, like, who was a practice player. Yeah. But I'm yeah. saying, like, what what was the move with the ball? Like, a shimmy kind of? Like, back, yeah. forth, back? Yeah, it was basically like one, two. Th- I would jab my yeah. right foot, go jab one, two, three. And yeah, I'm, yeah. I love that. Yeah, 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 and it was like freeze people. So I still use it at uh, 41 against other yeah. old slow people, and they're like, what, "Travel, travel." I'm like, "No, that's not <laughs> no, a travel. It's not a travel." <laughs> yeah, that's that was my favorite move I did off the pivot. Yeah, yeah. So that's you know we do that stuff in our in our Huffman basketball workouts. Uh, uh-huh. We you know we probably got about 30. I don't know, Will's. What do we have about 25 to 35 kids. Sometimes 10. Yeah. It just depends on the yeah. season, on the day. Yeah. You know, we, we go over stuff like that, but kids don't realize the amount of repetitions you need yeah. 
to really get moves into your game or shots or anything like that. Uh-huh. Like, it's so great that you're like, yeah, I'd shoot a thousand shots a day. Like I'm trying to get kids to work out once a day. Like that's for 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. I'm like, Hey, can we get a 20 minute drill workout (laughs) with different footwork patterns in today? And they're like, Oh, I don't know. I'm like, you know, so, but the parents, the kids that are really like that stuck with this, man, I tell you what, the improvement you see, like you're saying the reps, putting new things into your game is just one, get the concept, slow it down and then start to get more reps with higher intensity. Down, yeah, yeah. Yeah. To me, that's how you learn yeah. anything, you know, in basketball, yeah, that's good. you know, For so sure. I think those kids pick up on stuff. I think kids are going to be so skilled when they're like 20 something or in college, like the kids now just from yeah. like the Steph Curry, Trey young kind of like way that all these kids are like looking at, like the game is just becoming so skilled. I feel like. Yeah, well, yeah that, I, mean, I mean, hold on, Wells, because I got to he you literally are in front of Steph Curry, Travis Bader and J.J. Redick, right? You you yeah, for three. Yeah. I mean, let's just I just want to put this into like for me, if I'm mm. if I'm like in college and I'm like, oh, shit, I just sur- oops, I surpassed Steph Curry. Sorry about that, parents. Uh, I just <laughs> surpassed Steph Curry in three point shooting like. I know for you, you probably are just kind of working and grinding and you didn't, you know, like contextually speaking, do you know how amazing that is, man? Like, <laughs> like in 20 years, you're going to be like, I mean, yeah, somebody might beat it. Cause you, like you said, these kids are getting better and better, but for a little while, you just, just talk about that. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I got to put it into perspective. I feel yeah. like I'm sweating. <laughs> you- <laughs> no, I think, I think the main like you said, like I realized it more when I was done, like during the time, like it was really cool. Um, yeah. you know, like our, the gym stopped when I hit the three and like everybody, um, celebrated or, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of, it was acknowledged. Um, but I think like it wasn't until after I was done with college and like I was overseas playing and I was missing college ball, like mm-hmm. it just wasn't the same. Um, and I think yeah. that, during that time I kind of looked back more and was like, wow, like that last year was special. Like that, my career was special being able to pass Steph Curry and, and JJ Reddick. Like, yes, I'm overseas right now. Those guys are in the NBA and it's, yeah. it's, it's different, but like just looking back and seeing um, that, you know, I'm in the conversation and have my name ahead of those guys was, was really cool. It's crazy. It's insane. Wills, what were you going to yeah. say? Before I interrupted you, sorry, Wills. I no, always, no, I no. always interrupt Wills. <laughs> no, listen, you're all good. I just, I had a question on, on, on top of my mind, but it was kind of going off of that. So you broke that record for Steph Curry your senior year, right? And then, mm-hmm. so you're going off of that high into March Madness. And people, I mean, you two both played in it. So I, I'm curious to see, like, what what is it like playing in, like, March Madness? Because, I mean, you were a big headliner for how many threes you were putting up and everything uh-huh. like that and how how big of a, a, a attention you had. So explain just, like, what that March Madness feeling was like in, in that game that you broke Steph Curry's record. Yeah. Um. Well, I broke Steph Curry's record, like, in the SOCOM play previously because Travis Bader had the all-time record. Um, okay. but like the build up, he forget Oakland, by the way, Oakland, yeah. uh, yeah, Michigan boy, Michigan guy, of course yeah. you had to beat a Michigan <laughs> guy too. That's great. Fletch. Thanks. <laughs> um, no, that's funny. Yeah. So the build up to March Madness was insane for us because we actually, 
at Wofford, we ran the table in SoCon. So we, we had won like 18 in a row or wow. yeah, 18 in a row. Um, we were ranked like 17, 18 in the country or something like that. Maybe like 21 or something. I knew we were ranked for like the last two weeks. Um, and so like that, like hype was like something we've never, our college or our team hasn't really experienced before. And then as the end of the year got closer, like the record for all time threes was closer and closer and closer. And then of course, like I needed three threes to break the record in March badness. So it was like, all of that was like kind of coming into, um, you know, a story for everyone. Were you nervous that, I mean, were you getting a little yeah. more for sure? You had to be like, yeah, I mean, like it <laughs> was natural, right? We went on like good morning America that morning wow. like of the tournament and like everyone's talking about it. Like, I think I was, I was fairly blind, like in a good way to where like, I didn't really like, be like oh shoot i can't make two threes tonight or oh shoot i can't go over tonight like i wasn't really like thinking that like i was trying to do my best to just be consumed in you know winning the game or march madness like we've never won a game in the tournament like all that but like you can think that all you want but of course like your thoughts individual thoughts and like stuff are going to go to your head yeah um so like i think um my shot felt really good that game, but Seton Hall did a pretty good job like guarding me in the first half. Mm-hmm. I think I made two threes in the first half. And then the second half, I kind of got hot and made like five threes. Um, so like breaking it was, was awesome and cool to do in March Madness, but it was definitely, you know, a huge buildup and a ton of hype um, around that time. Yeah. That's huge. Like how many, th- what was the most threes you ever had in a game? Um, uh, I made 11 one game on junior year. That's crazy. My brother had 11 too. And at really? Brown. he's all time wow. three point leader at Brown. And wow. uh, I used to that's think awesome. like, Oh yeah, I taught my brother how to shoot, but I only had four. So that's not <laughs> my all. You're more of a bucket <laughs> in the mid range. I was, yeah, I was old slasher Fletch. Yeah. I was, uh-huh. t- what I was telling Will is like, we would run a, in, in our elite, we got to, you know, in my senior year, you know, it was pretty similar stuff. We had won 18 in a row. We were like wow. 16th in the country. We had Antonio uh-huh. Gates, we had five guys play overseas on our team. We were really, wow. we were stacked. We were loaded. Yeah. We beat Alabama, Oklahoma State, and Pittsburgh. We wow. had like an average of 15 to 20 points. And then wow. awesome. we were knocking like yeah. big teams yeah. off and, and not only beating yeah. them, but beating them handedly. So, but I just remember feeling like when you're in that moment of playing in the NCAA tournament or as a senior, it's so much different than when you're a freshman, right? Fletch, yeah. like you, you have a different, like, focus than you than you do in the first time you play it's in the unexplainable tournament. yeah and it was more like just going to work like you don't think about when you go to work I, I didn't think about like oh i'm this is such a big moment like i just thought about what do i got to do to win you know what do i yeah. got to do to win this game how yeah. can i help my team win and yeah. i think like that's all you focus on focus on playing better defense you focus on guarding your guy the best you can what's his tendencies what are his habits exactly. you know Exactly. Like kids, yeah. Kids that get caught up in the big moment. Yeah. Especially kind of a lack of experience and they're they're overthinking. You know, you Correct. don't really want to be when overthinking you, anything. You want to be yeah. present, you know. Exactly. Like when you're when you're thinking about, you know, all you can do to, you know, win this game and like we they had Miles Powell and like Miles Powell, um mm-hmm. one of our I think one of our guards got hurt. So I was like, all right, I have to step up and like take this role and try to guard him. Like mm-hmm. thinking about like all those different things distract you from like, Oh, I have to make three threes. Today. You know what I mean? Exactly. 
Yeah. yeah, that's what I would tell kid. Hey, just worry about your defense. <laughs> Go play. Exactly. Focus on D. I mean that that was kind of always my approach whenever I've you know started to get uptight about breaking records or all time yeah. scoring records. Like you know, you just got to get caught up in the game and the competitiveness of it, and you'll, yeah, you know, no you'll just do your thing. Um, that's that's uh, insane. Do you? Let's. I want to talk a little bit about the NBA because I had. You know, I felt like when I was coming out of college, I got a few workouts and then I, you know, I, I had this lifelong dream. I wanted to be in the NBA. And then, you know, after a while I started to realize like, well, you know, I can either go to Europe and make good money or I can play in the, you know, the CBA at that time was the G league where you could not, make yeah. it. but I did that as well. Uh-huh. How are you feeling about like the NBA, your goals personally relative to also the experience and the learning, you know? You know, I, I know so many guys that play in Europe that could have played in the NBA. Well, I know I've, so, I've so many talented guys, you know, yeah. and, and to me, when I even just looking at your game, I'm like, you should be in the NBA. Yeah, yeah I, for I, sure. I um, but, I hope. but I mean, there, I also when I look at my college tape, I'm like, oh, my God, I was so fast. Like I could have played yeah. in the NBA like I was. You know, I was baking Mo Williams in the Alabama game <laughs> like he was an NBA <laughs> all star. So it doesn't yeah. all, you know, people can't always like put it in contextually like the amount of politicking and luck that it takes to get into the NBA and also the amount of work and grind to like stick on it. Like what is kind of, how are you feeling about the NBA versus Europe? Yeah, that was a a huge decision for me. Um, A pretty personal story about that was I actually was, I went to summer league with the bucks and there was a, a high-level um, European team that wanted to sign me um, but didn't want me to play Summer League. Didn't, wouldn't let me play Summer League. And I was like, I can't do that. Like, yeah. I can't sell myself short. Like, my dream has been to play in the NBA. Yeah. And I'll never know. I'll never be able to say I gave it my best shot if I, you know, take this money and, mm-hmm. and go to Europe, um, which I ended up having to do. But – so I said, no, uh, I played in summer league. Um, well, before that I worked out for, I think like 15 or 14, a lot of NBA teams. Um, wow. and some workouts I was killing dudes, like yeah. people that are, you know, signed two ways and were, you know, playing, getting NBA looks and, um, some workouts, you know, I did decent, some workouts I didn't play great, but yeah, 15 workouts, like that's going to happen. But, mm-hmm. you know, there's days like you were saying, we're like, on that on the floor that day, you're completely better than a lot an NBA player or several mm-hmm. NBA players. That's just the way basketball is. Um, yeah. So and then summer league, I played for the Bucks and I didn't play much my first few games uh, in summer league. I actually didn't play at all my first two games, which I was a little bit surprised by. And then I played a little bit in the third game. Uh, I think I went over one or over two, and then mm-hmm. in like ten minutes or something. And then the fourth game, I played like 20 minutes and scored, I think, like 12 points on like seven, eight shots or something. I played pretty well. And that was the last game of summer league. Um, mm-hmm. And then I was I was faced with, you know, should I go G League or should I go overseas? And I talked to my agent and um, it was actually funny because at the time, I don't know if you know uh, Matt Thomas, he was in Spain um, and was a shooting guard for the team that offered me a contract and he ended up playing and he ended up going from this team to another team in Spain straight to the NBA. 
And yeah. so I was like, I think that this is if I can go to this team, they run a lot of, you know, plays off screens and stuff. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, I could it, I could be a good fit there and maybe get to the NBA that way. So I think that for me, that was my best chance um, as far as trying to go to the NBA, because I feel like in the G League, it's a little bit easier or it's yeah. very easy in both. But it's, it's easy to get lost in the shuffle, of you know, politics, two way guys, yeah. um, you know, and all that stuff. And then again, there's a ton of talented players, so yeah overseas and g-league um so i went over to spain i had a decent year um and you know you had a a heck of a year man hold on a second Mm -hmm. don't say decent i mean the ace to me i was gonna say don't downplay it the acb (laughs) is to me the second best league in the world and um i mean you know euro league obviously in terms of like domestic leagues in europe Uh to me the acb is the most beautiful basketball to watch it's the most beautiful ball yeah the passing you know you know what i'm saying that yeah and you know every kind of league has their own like german league and the belgian league are like the big 10 it's really rough grinded out type uh-huh. offenses but yeah there's different spanish yeah. league is beautiful and then you play in serbia montenegro or, or, or in those leagues it's like yeah. full court pressure all the it's time different. physical like yeah but i mean that you, you don't say like the acb league i mean you had you played 25 minutes a game, averaged almost 12 points a game. Like as a rookie, to me, that is, you know, that, 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 that is like NBA level type stats as coming in as a rookie. When I came in as a rookie, I, lo- I lost my first seven games. I was a point guard and I, I didn't, I don't think I had one assist by like the third game. Like, yeah, we're going to do. Game at that level is just, so, you know, there's so many more things happening. Dude, so that's what. I couldn't, that adjustment for me was like the yeah. speed, the reading and how quick, like the defenses were like a he- one st- step ahead and like the rotations and all that was, took me, Insane, it definitely right? was, it was had my head spinning a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Oh, but no, the congrats, like you don't downplay your, your start. And I think that the other thing is a lot of guys do get lost, even in Europe. Yeah. I mean, Ben, yeah. ben Simon's close friend of mine played in ACB at, uh, over yeah, yeah, played, yeah. Played for played for there was doing really well in Belgium where I where we both started our careers and then uh-huh. you know it, it's like and and then COVID happens guys are at home guys are you know yeah. like guys get left mm-hmm. out you know Matt McQuaid who's been on the podcast like I we worked with him this summer like he he didn't get a gig for like nine months so it, it really yeah it's, I you know, the fact that you're playing and you're getting better to me I always say players get paid what they're worth. You, you know, if you continue to improve your game and your value keeps right. going up as a player, whether it's the NBA or Europe, like yeah. your value is going to keep going up. You always get paid for your last season, you know, and uh-huh. you, need to, you know, you keep that mentality and you keep improving, keep growing your game, which sounds like that's your, your mentality. Is that, yeah, is, that sure. is that spot on? Like, do you, do you get caught up in the labels or do you just continually say, I'm going to grind, I'm going to keep getting better? Yeah, I think that's a great question. Um, yeah, I think my whole thing is I'm going to keep getting better and keep working on what I can work on, what I can control. And if you just focus on getting better at some point, someone's going to find you, mm-hmm. um, whether, you know, that's EuroLeague, NBA or something. But if you're if you're trying to be like, oh, man, I got to get to Euro Cup next year and then EuroLeague the next year and then NBA the next year, that's when you kind of, I think, lose sight of what's really important and like, what's really important is you getting better every day because there's other dudes over here and they're all getting better and they're coming to take your job. 
There's dudes yeah. in the G League that are coming over here, and there's dudes that are coming from the NBA, and like, they're it's just really competitive. Right? Like, you know how many good, even like local, like a ton of the local players, like ton of the Europeans, like you can't just compete with the Americans. Like the Europe, like all these dudes are good. Yeah. So like, if you just focus on yourself and getting better every day, I think, like you said, you know your your seasons will continue to get better, and then you know you'll get paid what what you're worth, and you know, hopefully you get good enough, then you'll be getting paid a lot of money. Yeah. And how would you, what would you tell a youth player like about that kind of hype? I feel like the American system, you know, we don't know what the value of these players are in AAU because sometimes it's really hard, you know, like you, they, oh, yeah. a, a guy, there's no defense, the help side, there's no like systems. It's like one-on-one yeah. -on -one. it's street ball sometimes, yeah. you know? So what would you tell kids and parents that are, are trying to put in the work like you were, mm -hmm. but maybe not getting that attention that you think they deserve or you deserve. What would you tell a family or a kid who's putting in the work, but not getting any hype or yeah. seeing everybody around them get all this hype online, which I hate. I, yeah. I just am not a fan of, of any middle school reviews on how good a kid is. Like, I just think it's insane. Yeah. Or the fourth graders I have five stars. Yeah. Oh my Lord. <laughs> yeah. For real. Um, I think I would tell them kind of like what I was just saying, like to just focus on getting better and focus on controlling what you can control. But at the end of the day, like college coaches are getting paid to win and like what their, their jobs are on the line and they need to get winners. So like, if you're a winner, if you are at an AAU tournament, you might not be getting the ball, but if you're setting great screens or playing great defense or always making the right pass or always doing you know, those little controllable things. Um, I think that you can stick out that way. I think it's still, of course, harder than if you're the guy with the ball in your hands all the time and you're going one-on-one -on -one and you're putting on the show and everyone is going on Instagram posting about you. Like mm -hmm. there's, of course, there's going to be those people, but that's only one in, you know, a few thousand. So mm -hmm. you have to focus on being someone that's a winner and, and standing out in other ways. And I think that, um, the more kids are like that, the more likely they'll uh, get recruited because I think people don't realize that coaches are looking for that a lot more. Well, yeah, and kind of going off of that, Fletch, I mean, I'm a 5'10 shooting guard. They can't – I got the vertical yeah. of a turtle. I can barely even jump. And Wait, I, you I have mean, the vertical of a turtle? Is that what you said? Yeah. That's a great yeah. quote. Quote of the day. <laughs> you like that yeah, that's the quote of the day right there, Willsley. And um, so I've got to do different things and – other ways to be able to be able to do that and I mean you're what six two six three and I and I bet you can dunk or whatever but what are like the little intangibles and because at some point I know when you get into college everybody's as good as you they're as talented they're all recruited to do the same thing what were some of the things that you had to do and even when you get to Montenegro or other places that you have to be able to prove yourself because like you said it's a dog eat dog business yeah um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of just, just undervalued things with basketball that like people don't realize, like knowing when to cut, like if once your guy turns your head, boom, you're behind your back, um, crashing the offensive rebound, trying to get an easy bucket that way. Um, knowing how to read screens, whether that's off ball or on ball, um, just like the little, there's just so many, like. For example, defensively, like if I'm guarding a ball screen, I got to know how to whip over that ball screen and not and not cause help. I got to put my hands, you know, in the passing lanes where if there's a popper, I got my hand up. Like yeah. just knowing like little things like that 
that nobody's really going to notice or see, but that you're affecting winning that way. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that the more that you can become a winning player like that, the more yeah. you just open up your options, whether you're a shooter, whether you're a point guard, whether you're a freak athlete. Like, I think everybody needs to learn all those things if they want to be as good as they can and if they want to bring as much value to the team as they can. And I think that mm-hmm. in the basketball world that we're – What's becoming of the basketball world, I think that's becoming less popular and less cool. Um, but that's like the older people I've noticed, like in Europe, the older people are way better screeners, way better cutters, way smarter than like the younger, the younger people. Of course, they've seen more basketball. They know a lot more. But like, mm-hmm. I think that that part of the game is kind of um, not as important as it used to be or kind of falling out. So I think if players can get that back, it'll, it'll definitely expand their options. Mm-hmm. yeah good man i think that that idea though that in america younger players don't get to play with older guys as much where you know like we don't go to the park as much and play with older guys i i believe that the parents players that kind of follow us i'm always saying hey go play up go play against yeah. somebody that's better than you older than you go play with adults you know if you're in high school you should be playing with adults that that's where you learn to cut that's when that you know yeah. they teach you how to, you know, change your pace. You're not running all frantic around at the same speed, you know, which you see so many kids do. And yeah. I think it's important from a, a conceptual standpoint, kind of what you're talking about is, is uh, understanding yes. the little things really, those are what add up to wins, you know, and those small details yeah. add up to wins. What, how do you approach like your weaknesses and what do you think your weaknesses are and how do you approach growing those and, and really focus yeah. on improving them? Um, I mean, I think my weaknesses are still probably my, I wouldn't really say ball handling as much as like decision-making with the ball. Mm -hmm. I think that being a shooter, it was, I'm going to shoot this if I can get the shot off and not Mm -hmm. always, Mm -hmm. I need to read what's right for the defense. Um, I feel like my ball handling has been a weakness of mine, but I've worked on it a lot. Um, something that maybe for the kids listening, like something that's helped my ball handling more than anything is just me going and getting me just grabbing my ball and I'll just walk around this little place where I live and just Mm -hmm. doing different things, not any like specific drill, but just like just having the ball in my hands, getting getting a feel for the ball. Um, That was, that's something that I think has been a weakness of mine that I've gotten better on. Um, but defense too, I think is a weakness. I think part of that's uncontrollable with my size and length, but I Mm -hmm. think part of it is controllable, um, on getting faster, getting better at anticipating, getting more physical, learning how to use your body, um, Mm -hmm. you know, engaging your core and legs, all that kind of stuff. I think I've, I need to get better there. Um, Mm -hmm. especially if I want to play in the NBA, um, and I think as far as going about those weaknesses, for me, what I say is off days are weakness days. So, like, if I have an off day, I may not go to the gym and shoot 150, 200 shots, but I may um, go out in the field and work on my agility or I may, I like you know, go get the ball and go, you know, do something with the ball in my hands. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think that those, um, you know, you don't, especially you'll learn as a, if you're playing in college or a pro as your off days, you don't want to do too much because you don't want to wear yourself out for, um, you know, your practices and games, but you do want to work on your weaknesses too. So I think that um, that's something that could really help people. 
Yeah. I'm, yeah, exactly. I think, you know, like you're saying, it seems like ball handling decision-making is a, is a tough thing to train, you know? And I think. So tough. I, I don't have it figured out. Like you can't do it by yourself. I've tried playing 2K, getting on running off. 2K. Yeah. What are they? Are they? Are they shifting on the weak side? Are they? You know, is the low man dropping? Is the tie man? You know, I think a lot of that just is film. You know, you got to watch film. You got to see what what they're doing on the ball, but you also got to know what they're doing off the ball and their defense. On are they dropping? Are they? Uh uh, Are they? You know, where are they rotating from? And and where can you attack? And and is it a short roll? Is it a? Is it a? You know, kind of extend the defense and lob, you know, kind of different ideas in terms of like building that weakness, I think also has to come from your awareness, you know, on, on film, mm-hmm. knowing like, yeah. okay, what's happening yeah. during the game. And being like, aware, yeah. being aware of like what teammates are aware, like that's something mm-hmm. that uh, it's like, it's, it's a skill and you have to be conscious to think about, but like, who's yeah. my guy replacing? Is he a shooter? Is this guy setting the screen a roller? Yeah. Is he a lob? Like, you have to be aware of that while you're dribbling the ball, while you're dealing with pressure. Like, yeah, it's a lot it's a of lot. things to have to think about. And that's what I kind of, we do a lot of basketball decision training, I think with guys where I'll just have them working on a chair and you're coming off a pick and roll. If you see two hands, you got to pass it like yeah. a pocket pass or, or, a, uh-huh. or a hook pass, wherever I am on the court, you know, stuff like that. If it's one hand up, you drive the opposite way off the pick and roll. The other hand, you know, you drive. So you're creating decisions. So you're processing information. You're yeah, pro- like good. players don't understand how to process while they work out. They're playing. Yeah. They're, you know, that's something just, I wish I did more when I was young. That's good. Yeah. And I think like doing stuff like that with a guy where if you see his hands down, you shoot it. If you see his hands up to pass it, he's got it. You have to make the pass wherever he is. Yeah. Uh, if his right arm is up, you drive left. If his left arm is up, you drive right. And then you're getting into decision training while you, you know, kind of work out. And that would be kind of one tip, you know, that I would give to the parents out there, something I test and experiment with. Cause I, you know, I, I agree with you. It's really hard to get better at decisions and kids these days don't know how to make better decisions. Yeah. They have all the skills, like they have the skills. Yeah. The so skill, like we can't give you more. There's a hundreds of punch, dribble, invert, drag, pull up. I'm like, dude, it's, you think it's that, but it's not, you, you just, you know, you need to be able to read the game and make better decisions, uh, you know, in real time. So I really, dude, thanks for coming on the show. I think we've gone, what, about an hour. Wills, do you have any other big questions (laughs) you want to ask? Are you like, Wills is probably like, wants to talk about the dating life in Montenegro. Who knows? Wills. (laughs) No, 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 not. He's like the homecoming king. He's the homecoming king at Albion. He's big. Exactly. Listen, I'll be on the first flight out there, Fletch. <laughs> no, but yeah, no, man. I, like, like I said, I just, I, I appreciate you just, just message me back and just oh. helping the future basketball out. Cause like, that's what we all play and we all played and you guys have played at the pros and, and I played in college and I just think we all have a love for the game and the basketball yeah. community is just, is so tight. And it's like, I just we talk about the parents and players a lot, and I just think that kids that if they don't have the physical attributes or they don't have this or that, then they just don't have the motivation to do it. And so yeah. I just think someone like you that has is is a six two white guard in college basketball that is beating all these records and is playing pro basketball is just a great thing for them. And I and I I'm sitting here on the edge of my seat because I love watching you play. So it's oh, like thank you. I appreciate but, it. I'm glad I could come on and, you know, talk hoops with you guys and um, hopefully help out some younger guys. Listen. Yeah. 
Now, Wills, I feel like you, you're trying to say we should change the podcast name to Short White Guys That Love Hoops. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's something like yeah, there's that. There's a lot of them. There's a lot yeah. of them. Dime a dozen, my dad would say. We're a dime yeah. a dozen. Uh, Fletch, how do we find you kind of on social, Instagram? Um, if oh. you ever do a basketball camp or anything like that, we'd love to send any Huffman basketball kids your way. Uh, we, okay. So, yeah, yeah how do we find great. you? Um, yeah, my Instagram is Fletch McGee three. And then I actually have a training page kind of like what you guys are doing that I have a couple camps mm-hmm. that I do in the summer. Um, okay. I think it's McGee for three. It's in my bio of my, um, Instagram page. Okay. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm kind of, um, I want to get into like what you guys are doing as far as helping the younger kids and training and stuff for, you know, when I'm done playing. So um, I started that page like nice. uh, what about a year ago or so. Yeah. So well, how how's that going? Are you liking uh, that been, or it's been going good. Me and my um so one of my former teammates, he uh a little short white guy. Oh okay. yeah. <laughs> another, another white guy. <laughs> another one bites the dust. All right. <laughs> um that you guys are too young for that song anyway. Yeah, he good. uh we um we started this page and you know we love basketball and we were um just trying to to put our knowledge and kind of the things that we did at he worked out with me a lot at Wofford um and so we we started a page have a couple camps um in Spartanburg where I went to college and then in Orlando and then I think we're building like an online he's making like an online course of like some of my favorite workouts and stuff that we're going to try to get out at some point um so that'll be that'll be cool to try to reach more people but it's been going good so far I, you know i'm focusing on um you know my career in basketball but in the summers mm-hmm. you got so much free time it's always good to run some camps and you know be around the game awesome man well thanks again for uh coming on and yeah we'll <clears throat> we'll attach all your stuff and post um if you want to share the podcast that'd be awesome if not yeah for sure will's, no, will's, will. will's has That's like thirty thousand followers on tiktok or some some crap. <laughs> oh really You're... yeah he's growing his subscriber base forever. yeah yeah no i just i just do it just to reach another audience and like you said yeah, I all guess... the young kids man my that's what he my the guy i was i'm doing my business was like dude you got to post more tiktoks because the younger kids on you well, well, yeah, there's a guy named Matt Hart, and he's pretty big on it, and he used to play oh. at um, George Washington, and so he, okay. I just kind of have followed that, and it's yeah. like I said, when, when, when we're out of the season, we got a lot of time, and yeah, so for it's, sure. just, it's just something to do, I guess, you know what I mean, us short white dudes, you know, we, we need to help people <laughs> <Here we> out. <laughs> no, All right. funny. Sweet, man, well, enjoy, enjoy your night, thanks for staying up, and uh Tell your coach you can, you know, you're under control. Everything's under control. You're not breaking curfew. <laughs> no, we got it. We got the situation all figured out. We're good. <laughs> I appreciate you guys. Hurrah.